Down Your Unders. Down Your Unders. Review and dissection of content from some of the sharpest minds in the game. Hosted by Adam Camilleri. Art of War. Down Under. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to this episode 73 of the Art of War Down Under podcast. My name, as always, is Adam Camilleri. And I am joined by two auspicious gentlemen. The Emperor's Finest, literally holding, it sometimes feels like they're holding the entire super faction of the Adeptus Societies on their back in the competitive matter. First and foremost, Mr. Jack Halfster. Hello, brother. Hello. Hello. Uh, how's it going? Pleasure really to be good, back. mate. My absolute pleasure to have you on. The other is Jaime Paris. Hello, man. How you doing? How's it going? How's <laughs> it going, indeed? My absolute honor to have you both on. Now, you two are absolute marine stalwarts and i put you both together and brought you on the show because we're gonna we're doing the state of the super faction for all of space marines and yes i'm calling space marines a super faction they have like more sub factions and, and supplements to them than anyone else pretty much um, and so we're gonna sit down we're gonna crack on now this is a pretty this is a relatively new concept a new type of episode on my podcast which is out of what down under and usually we review stuff but i've had to get creative because gdub ain't putting anything out so you know the reviewing, the reviewing trade, the review market is like in free. The shares are in freefall. Um, so we're here to, talk, to look at the entire super faction of Adeptus Societies from the top down. Talk about their tale and their story through ninth edition so far. What's worked, what hasn't, what they're doing right now, what's special about them, what's unique, and then we're going to talk about the, the kind of the best archetypes we can think of for each of those sub factions. Going through all of them from Raven Guard, Imperial Fists to White Scars and Blood Angels and Space Wolves, and we're going to just going to hit on a couple of high points there. Um, and then in part two, we've actually got a huge swathe of listener questions, which we're going to go through first, and then we're going to uh, dump, jump into some of the spicy tech that Marines have available to them, into some of the best metal lists, into Grey Knights, into Thick City, into you know actual Knights and Tyranids and Orcs. Um, if we get there. So, gentlemen, 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 gentlemen. Ah, oh, I've got that preamble to do. So, I've got to talk for another couple of seconds. This is Art of War Down Under. The greatest of all the Art of War podcasts. Thank you very much, gentlemen. They've got a bit of a rivalry going between Art of War Unbroken and Art of War, you know, OG. And uh, they're not even considering me because, you know what, they can just squabble. I'll let the children squabble because I got the best show. And so it doesn't even matter what they think. Um, but this is a two-part <laughs> podcast. First part comes out on Tuesday mornings for your viewing pleasure um, over on YouTube and on all the podcast aggregates. And it's two-part, like I said. The second part is available for patrons and subscribers only, either patrons through uh, The Art of War Down Under over on Patreon or through uh, 40k, sorry, theartofwar.40k.com over on, you just, or just Google it and you'll find us. And you've got a nice one-click bundle there. If you want to get involved and support all of Art of War, you can grab a bundle for the War Room and all the podcasts, or all, just all the podcasts, or just any any of the podcasts you enjoy separately. But before we do that, I want to let these gentlemen plug themselves. I plug myself more than enough. Jaime, you do some exciting stuff, mate. Tell us a little bit about it. Yes, sir, I do. I am part of Tabletop Life. We make a bunch of content on YouTube, everything that has to do with competitive 40k, including the hobby side on a competitive level if you might say how to make your armies look better for competition and so on on the hobby side and then how to improve as a player everyone at tabletop life we're always working on becoming player players as the meta keeps evolving and we like to share that journey with everyone so check us out on youtube at tabletop life 
Beautiful. And Jack, tell us a little bit about the War Room for those you may not know. So the War Room is our, um, it's an international community of 40K players, people who enjoy the game of 40K as much or more than anyone who's listening to this podcast. It's just a bunch of people that you can, you can talk to. It's a, it's a subscription service and you are part of this community. You get access to all of our content that we produce for our War Room members. So if you like our YouTube or you like our, um, any of our podcast content, there's just as much of it in the war room, just a couple clicks away, and you get access to that as well. And then there's a Discord where you can talk and share ideas with people around the world uh, or just into 40K as you are. It's a, it's a global community, and it's, it's just a, it's a pleasure to be a part of it. Well done, mate. All right, jumping into the meat and potatoes, the reason we are here. We are all marine aficionados. I myself pale in comparison to what you two have accomplished in the last 12 months, especially Jaime, are you, you're currently, are you not ranked number one or two for space wars in the world? So far I am. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. That's nice. And that's your goal. Yeah. Your goal is to finish on top for that. That is my goal right after VR. Fantastic. And where are you at right now? uh, Jack with blood angels. Um, I'm not sure. I only really have two decent events with them, Um, but I am aiming for, for that number one spot. Come, uh, come the end of the year. Beautiful. And you both absolutely phenomenal phenomenal gentleman in your own right and astounding records with marines in some very harsh metas um what's the story of space marines so far like and it's a, it's a very interesting tale marines thinking back to where we left off with eighth edition moving into ninth for them Jaime, what was your starting ninth edition with marines where were they at and what did you think when so i was playing ultramarines in eighth edition and then when ninth edition started yep. coming in i souped in the wolves with my ultramarines right at the beginning and all i remember from the start of ninth edition was we didn't have the codex yet, so there was no core. And there were these uh, land speeder tempests from Forge World. Yeah, that everyone was running because there was no core, so you had a bunch of rerolls on those. Yeah, and that's all I remember: just speeders everywhere and <laughs> being able to use tanks <laughs> without <laughs> without having to worry about the core keyword. That was a mm. real beginning of ninth edition. Yeah, right at the start. It seems like so long ago, but it was what less than two years like well less than two years maybe like like 15 16 months Mm -hmm. jack what were your thoughts at the start of ninth with the the marines yeah starties so i actually i took uh, about a year off of 40k just due to covid and being kind of isolated uh in the northeast because my regular playing partner nick he moved away he moved to florida where i am now so i remember right at the end eighth edition um with lvo and iron hand successors and that that whole book with uh space marines and iron hands it's pretty pretty <laughs> yeah. gross um and then i remember i left 40k and i uh when i finally came down to florida john was more than happy to beat me up with his white scars <laughs> uh well, that's- yeah i remember just they're they're all over you they're so fast they do whatever mm. they want they hit absurdly hard and i remember well, that-, that as my first introduction to uh, marines in the new edition well that's kind of where they left off so uh, as eighth edition closed the the second marine um codex got released and for lack of a better word ruined the game made the game nigh unplayable for anybody who wasn't playing that same that same stuff and even if you were playing it you played into mirrors and you got rock paper scissors a lot of the time it was a really ugly way to finish eighth edition for some people um and moving into ninth with that codex remaining the same and taking six subsequent hits and hits and hits especially things like the ironstone iron hands in general then we had broviathan clubbing its way through everybody at lvo and so it took a, a huge swathe of hits and kind of came it kind of came meekly into into ninth edition after its codex but so but but then we got a codex right and and essentially it changed the world because it was when it first came out um that codex and the fact that we knew we could work from extremely powerful eighth edition metric 
uh, supplements, which we still can, things like Iron Hands, White Scars, etc. We had a couple of different subsequent really powerful lists. Now, I can't remember, uh, Brad Chester was playing Salamanders for a while. Um, was that before or after the Codex? I can't remember. Um, well, he I, I don't remember if it was before or after uh, the new book, the new Marine book, but I know that he he still likes to have salamanders in his pocket, you know, as, yeah. as kind of a pocket pick for him now. So even you know, even after the new the new Space Marine book came out, it's still still one of his uh, one of his tools. Yeah, then and then we we rolled straight from that into what John was doing with White Scars. Now White Scars stayed for a very long time, as in people's minds, the preeminent way to play Space Marines, the best way to play Space Marines. Um, uh, what really changed there for White Scars? What really made forced them to drop off? Because following their codex, and I suppose in the gap between the Space Marine codex and say the Drakari codex, White Scars were considered Estia, right? Yeah. So it it was really more of um, a lack of competition. They had yeah. one of the first ninth edition codices. Necrons was like all right; it wasn't bad, but it's you know Marines is still around as a potent threat, and Necrons really aren't. So their book really wasn't able to cope with what Marines were, were yeah. bringing to the table. And, and White right Scars were just right at the beginning of ninth edition. Yeah. You had the secondaries. Mm-hmm. Exactly right. Now you the introduction of secondaries and core. Yeah, unpack that for us a little bit, mate. So that new codex came out. What did it really change for the world, and what did it change for you as a player, Jaime? So at the start of a uh, ninth edition, with the introduction of the core keyword into the Necrons and the Marines, and then the secondaries, that really started affecting list building, right? Because we came from a list building that had to do hold, hold more, kill, kill more, and now you had all these secondaries that you had to like think about. Mm, that really, yeah. really changed how to you start approaching the game, and they were the only two codices with codex secondaries and the introduction of core. So right yeah. at the beginning of ninth edition, I think that the Marines in a different stage than everybody else because, right, we mm. had to wait for everybody else to start getting codices. Yeah, so and, uh, Marines have a secondary that's good even now with more books coming out. Still mm-hmm. one of the better codex secondaries in uh, a Moment. So they had just a great way to score points where other armies didn't have as many options. Perfect transition, boys. Um, that new codex, Jaime, what did you think about it when you first got it? When I first... Well, well the Marine codex came out, Space Wolves didn't have yeah. their supplement. So... Correct. We had this like we had this errata with like half the rules that were like half eighth edition, half ninth edition. So at the beginning, the my lists were a little bland. That's why I still had my ultramarines because they had their supplement. Um, mm-hmm. Once Space Wolves uh, supplement came out, I went straight into it. But the codex was super interesting. We had a bunch of units, a bunch of new stuff. It came out with the ninth edition launch book uh, box set. So you had the Blade Guard, you had the Chaplain, yeah. Iron Chaplain, like whole new set of units. So it was super super exciting to start building new lists with new units, new combos. But because I wanted to play mm. Space Wolves, I didn't dive like a huge amount into new list building because I was waiting. Jack, what did you think of that book when you first read it? Um, I thought it was pretty strong. Again, like this came out while I wasn't playing the game. So at mm. some point we'll get into, you know, when I was around for context. But I mean, Blade Guard are a huge part of why the book is strong now. Like, Yeah, exactly really, right. Second sure. really good assault unit that the book really just didn't have for a while and they're durable and they're just amazing so like the new book mm. came out all the units are hits pretty much i mean i know jaime you like the uh, do you like the judiciary i know a lot of space players play with one i know uh, hunter was yeah the judiciary is really really cool especially for those marines who don't have combat control super useful units to have in your army yeah mm. absolutely so, agree yeah the uh the units that came out the new ones they added in i mean the the melee ones are really good we can talk about the gladiator and 
you know the storm spaders well, and right in the beginning yeah. we had the fiasco with the atvs and the apothecary so it wasn't uh, a clean launch mm. i don't know if you guys remember all that junk but um yes. it wasn't a clean launch there was a little hiccups there with the units but overall it seemed pretty well balanced to an extent nothing did it seems the book itself, I remember feeling like that when it first came out. I actually thought it was quite barren when it first came out. I thought it was it was dense on uh, some exciting pieces, things like upgrading your apothecary, upgrading your chappy, stuff like that, which is still absolute bread and butter, top-tier Space Marines. Now, um, I, when, I, when it came out, I was like, that apothecary is broke. That apothecary is broken, and that needs to be nerfed. That is, is way too... Because we were paying, what, 15 points for that upgrade? And then that guy yeah. was bringing back... Uh, a, few, a 40, 50, 60 point model every single turn, and then healing two or three wounds on something else. And uh, what you were to, what um, Heim was talking about with the ATVs, that's the uh, Invader ATV uh, chassis. So that is a, was it 80-ish uh, points? It's oh, 85 yeah. points now for the multi-melter version. And so, and with eight wounds at toughness five, that Apothecary was bringing one of those back every turn, in addition to giving all of them a feel-no-pain, like a six-plus um, save against, against wounds that go through the, the save. Uh, it was revolting <laughs> it was so it was so bad it was i remember raging bad, yeah. at that yeah i remember raging at that because i i looked at the necron book and then i looked at the space marine book and i'm like why does space marines get guys back better than necrons do <laughs> and i was just like this is this is dumb <laughs> um but um so coming straight out of that book i thought i thought it was quite middle of the road yeah there wasn't much in there apart from that apothecary that i felt like was too good right um most of the strategies were pretty non-exciting like situationally okay but nothing too crazy what was that your impression as well say jack or jaime yeah the uh the basic book is is not super exciting it's like the bread in a sandwich right you're not you're not excited about the bread in a sandwich it's what's inside <laughs> and the 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 basic space marine book is the bread it's just it carries all the nuance and flavor that the supplements then provide I think that's, a, what's the that's the perfect way of looking yeah. at it. I do enjoy yeah. your sandwich-related analogy. Jaime, <laughs> what do you think? I would completely agree with Jack. I think Jack hit it right on the head. You had the codex itself, which is just an index of units for you to pull from, and then you start adding flavor with whatever supplement you choose. Yeah, spot on. Now, those supplements came kind of thick and fast at the beginning. We had um, uh, Space Wolves, Dark Angels. Then we had... Um, Death Watch. Was there any others? Space Wolves, Dark Angels, Death Watch. Blood Angels. Blood Angels were one of the first ones. Yeah, yeah. Um, have we had any others apart from those four for, for that have come out in ninth edition? Because I know Ultras, Imperial Fist, Iron Hands, Raven Guard, uh, Salamanders, most recently. Templars. That's it. I knew there was another one. Of course, it's freaking. It's one of my armies. Um, so we've had about half half of the the factions and the sub factions in there have had their their supplement, and half are still working off the eighth editions one. What have you guys seen as the difference between the eighth edition supplements and the ninth edition one, the ones that be written for ninth edition, and which like is there a big difference between the two, like the metrics they're built upon, what they can and can't do, things of that nature? Yeah, it's um, it's pretty obvious that the old supplements were not built with the core keyword in mind. Uh, yeah. Iron Hands specifically just don't really care about that. They care about vehicle, and that's kind of it. Um, which makes it interact kind of wonkily with the with the actual rules themselves. Like they they can buff units that other factions other sub factions cannot buff. Uh, they can use certain items in certain ways. So it's pretty clear they weren't designed with core in mind. Although they have gone back through and kind of 
added some core restrictions, removed some core restrictions in ways that kind of hurt uh, salamanders specifically. Uh, looking through that book, if it did not have all those core restrictions added into the FAQs, mm. it would be a lot more powerful. But a lot of the really cool ways to use their combos have been uh, core locked. Um, yeah. That's the major difference, I would say. Although, I, I don't know. Jaime, what do you think? I also feel like the the versatility and the customization of the chapter itself. So, like, I'm thinking about Black Templars, Death Watch, and Dark Angels had a lot more rules in terms of what you could mm. make the army act as. So, uh, uh, Dark Angels, you have the Death Wing and the Raven Wing. You can build yep. full detachments that give you different rules. With the Death Watch, you could, like, change your doctrines whenever you wanted. You had a lot more customization that you could do there. Whereas the older supplements, you had a set of rules, and that was it. Like, 8th edition vibe. And yeah. now 9th edition, you can it's like picking your secondaries. You get to pick your, your custom, whatever you want to call it, for your chapter. Mm. I feel like there's almost two subsets. Oh, sorry. I think I feel like there's almost three subsets of the supplements that have come out. It's almost like the... The, it's only, I'm only talking about the five or five or whatever that have come out in ninth edition. The Blood Angels and Space Wolf Codex are a, this is exactly what Jaime said are a lot more bare and a lot more straight up and down than the Death Watch, than the Dark Angels, than the Black Templars. Are you guys? Are you guys feel the same way? Yeah, I mean, I it's do. Like, at it's, least. it's like they were really worried about not making them OP. Yeah. Yeah, like there's just not much customization. Yeah. I know that uh, the key way that you're supposed to like customize Blood Angel characters, especially, is to use the watch rules, and those are a complete <laughs> miss. Like, could yeah. not miss harder. Um, yeah. Past that, it's just a set of Warlord traits and relics, and you get a couple of unique units, which are actually pretty good, in my mm. opinion. So, I mean, that that part of it's nice, but yeah, generally, the 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 loss, the customization options you're supposed to have. Not quite as good, uh, mm. Jaime. I know you have sagas and that sort of thing. What have What have you thought of those? The space rules are honestly really similar to what they used to be in Eighth Edition. Sagas were a thing in Eighth Edition. You had your world trait, and then you could complete a deed, which would then give a buff to units around them. That's what a saga is. In terms of like customizing like a successor or an unnamed character, there's not a lot there. Mm. that's kind of what i'm getting at it's like i feel like those two books in particular were written in like the fearful backlash from the eighth edition codex yeah but imagine like, the Ugh. imagine the rule saturation if you could say what you can do with your chapter command with your chapter master chaplain chief apothecary chief librarian imagine you could yep. do that with each of the supplements based on their lore right like you can yes. make one of your captains yep. a high marshal and they gain like yep. one of these traits or whatever like because like the Necrons have it, right? You have your Necromancer, and then you can make him one of the different whatever they're. I don't even know what they're called, but you, you can customize <laughs> characters to do different things depending on the lore. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, you can they customize. They didn't cryptics. risk it. Yeah, yeah. They, didn't, they didn't risk yeah. that with the characters in different supplements in the space. Rooms. Well, they actually yeah. they put a lot of that into uh, Black Templars. Actually, they they really took a that's lot of was, extra design space in Black Templars. That's what, like that's kind of what I was getting at. Yeah. You can give the, relic the, bearers, and yeah, I mean, yeah, that's yeah. the biggest one. Is so it looks like they may be moving in that more direction for future supplements. Although, are there any are there any uh, chapters that don't have a supplement at the moment? I know there's some that don't have ninth edition ones. Yeah, I don't think there are. I, I don't. I don't think there are. Yeah, as, as unless you look at I mean, even the, chapters. 
Yeah, okay. yeah. I think it's like legitimately if they really wanted to, now that they've done Black Templars, they could do Crimson Fists as their own book or like Flesh Tears or some of the more known, you know, successor chapters. But I don't really see the need. I don't think like no. those things are needing. And they've got they've got a little bit of fan service in those in those um, parent books, but it's about it. Um, moving on to talking about um, the best and worst things that Space Marines have going for them right now. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna flat out go the hot take as it sits right now. I don't think Space Marines are all that amazing in the meta at the moment. I, and I think one of the biggest things that has got, they have going for them is the fact that they have arguably one of the top three secondaries in the game. And without that, I think they'd be floundering a lot more. What do you guys we're think? Talking, we're talking about Oath of Moment. Oath of Moment. I think Oath yeah. of Moment is like a huge crutch holding up a lot of this super faction. Yeah. What do you guys think? Absolutely. Yeah, it, uh, I really feel it when I move to a faction that isn't Space Marines. I just want to take Oath. Oh, yeah. this is such a great secondary because it's you. It's just like about eight points that you are almost guaranteed to get, Min, and then yeah, a like lot a of the eight. time you're going to get a, a fifteen or twelve or something in that area. Jaime, for people who maybe not be maybe not be familiar, what is Oath of Moment? How do you get it? So Oath of Moment is do? a Space Marine specific secondary, meaning any chapter can do it, and it has three parts. You score points at the end of the battle round. So if you go first, you score after your uh, your opponent's turn. If you go second, it's after the end of your turn. And you get the three parts. You score points for two points for being within wholly within six inches of the center of the battlefield. Amazing when there's an objective in the middle of the battlefield. You yep. get a point yep. per if you kill a character, monster, or vehicle in that turn. So one point for any of those three, but only one point. And then one point if you didn't fall back or you didn't fail leadership. So you can score four points up to four points every turn over five turns. That's 20 points, capping at 15. Meaning you don't have to max it out every turn. You can like not score no mm. points on the first turn and still get the fifteen full points over the last four turns. It's a great secondary. exactly right. I mean, I've yeah. I've taken this secondary when I know I'm going to get my ass kicked and just being like, well, I just don't plan to fall back, and it's an easy, it's the just a free five points in a game that I think I'm going to lose anyway. Um, and then opportunistically, like, oh, I killed a succubus when they came in to kill me. There's another point, and yeah. I went second, so I just ran out an attack bike turn one and got two points there. Yeah. So I ended up with like ten points, and I didn't have to work very hard at all and, and so that, that's part. the kind of gift there <laughs> yeah so, the, yep. funny, the funny part is um when someone tables you i get tabled all the time and when i get tabled i'm like oh turn five one point for oath because i didn't fall i didn't, didn't fall I back didn't baby back. i've got no <laughs> the leadership the didn't fall back the empty ground yeah. <laughs> yeah a point for being wiped i love it um <laughs> uh what else do you got so uh, jumping over to jack what do you think space marines have going for going for and against them in the current game um and feel free to, to talk about the last kind of month or so and maybe the next month or so as well. So from where looking at Space Marines, I think they, they generally have three main styles um, of list. And the main strength of Space Marines is the ability to look at the meta and switch between switch to whatever style is best into the meta. Uh, the three styles, in my opinion, although if you guys have you know any ideas, you can share them, would be fast combat. Uh, durability and shooting specifically like dreadnoughts that sort of thing so i know that um for a while fast melee was like the only way to play and then yeah. drukari came out and drukari just dumpstered that like yeah. horribly <laughs> so it's, the it, liquefiers yeah. and the fast combat and being oh, cheaper yes. than you and better than you yeah it was horrible i kept getting table by nick on like turn three there's nothing to do like you couldn't do anything about it so 
but you take a look at the meta and you're like, all right, well, melee is not working right now, so I'm going to switch over to shooting. And uh, you mm-hmm. do significantly better into Drukari when you have shooting, uh, like a lot of like Redemptors, Contemptors, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if that's not working, you switch back to fast combat. If that's not working, you switch to durability, which would be more like the Black Templars or the Dark Angels, Dark Angels yeah. that sort of thing. Uh, Iron Hands 2 can be fairly durable. So you just you can switch your game plan depending on uh, where in the meta mm. you want to be. Even inside of a sub-faction, inside of a chapter, you know, if you want to play Black Templars, you can play them as a shooting army. You can play them as a yeah. combat army. Yeah. You know, you can play them however you want. Mm. So that's, that's I'd say, the main strength. Also a wide swath of uh, Forge World support and also mm. the, like, three times as many units as yeah. any other as anybody else all right Jaime give us your high points and then we'll talk we'll, we'll all talk about the low points so, yeah just to finish on Jackspawn like there's a unit for everything no matter what the meta is right so it's Jackspawn you yeah. can pivot through the three army styles that he just mentioned what blows my mind that I've like noticed over the last couple of months of tournaments is Marines although they're super popular people no longer kit their list to deal with Marines now you're just worried about everything else and still, yeah. they can deal with Marines. I feel like that's their yeah. biggest weakness is we're a two-wound T4 model, and everyone's taking just the weaponry required to kill either bigger targets like Talos and Kronos or horde units that are transhuman, so you need the strength for or whatever. So mm. Marines just yeah. die <laughs> because there's yeah. things out there that require even harder killing. They're one of yeah, they're one of the factions that's struggling by dint of what is the best in the meta at the moment. Yeah. And people who who like who, you know, meta against the best list are just beating Marines as a byproduct. And you're absolutely right. Taking stuff that's good into like Talos Kronos, Orcs is just stuff that is just amazing into Marines. Um especially as, oh look, you, you teched into Grey Knights, which is possibly like the best Marine, the best power armored army in the game mm-hmm. at the moment. Turns out you just beat all the lesser versions of that army, which is every other space marine faction. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's it's really rough there um so the best and the best thing i think marines have going for them is kind of what jack said but extrapolating on that it's the fact that you can have one force one army and play in 10 distinct distinctly different ways that being the 10 supplements you have available to you dark angels blood angels ultras raven guard imperial fist space wolves iron hands salamanders death death watch and white scars you literally have 10 different armies with 10 different subsets of rules that you can play with one bought and purchased list mm-hmm. essentially one two thousand point army can play completely different and whatever you want to do and so i think that's why the the, the army never gets dull never gets boring for people because you can just play the same thing differently if you'd want um but at the same time none of those things i just reeled off none of those 10 things those 10 armies i just talked about are any chop right now they don't seem like any of them are shaking up any part of the meta um so jack what are some of the downsides of space marines what's what, what are some of their struggles um some of their main struggles is just having a high unit count um like like Jaime was mentioning, you are catching the flack for a lot of things out there right now. Like you can't be more durable than Thick City. So anyone gearing for Thick City, which is Coven Drukari, which is with a lot of Talos, Kronos, um, Grotesque, Rack. Anything gearing up to kill Grotesques will kill Marines. Like yeah. you're not tougher than Grotesques. Sorry. Um, that's kind of a problem. Yeah, Grey Knights being good is a problem. You will bounce in, in any meta where it's a lot of fast, fragile stuff. You you will have a decent edge. Because, you know, when Drukari were out, nobody was teching to kill Blade Garden, you know, in light yeah. cover. But that's not the meta we're in right now. Um, 
<clears throat> another problem would be, well, the main problem I said before is just lack of units. You have to buy cheap units like company veterans or servitors if you want to have cheap units running around, because otherwise you have, you know, your cheapest unit is really like a hundred point intercessor unit. Yeah. That's that you don't have like 50 point troops, 40 point troop squads to just swarm the board, be ex- expendable on objectives. Yeah. And what that leads to is a space Marines, tend to get tabled a lot a lot man you have to I mean, you have to get tabled and win the game from it but it you, when you throw away units you, <laughs> you feel it yeah uh jaime what are your thoughts what are the downsides of marines at the moment apart from what you've already said it's just making me think of right at the beginning when drukari came out so before drukari came out i was playing my wolves and i was playing this trading game where i was out efficiencying everyone that's not even how you say it but anyways mm. i had my skyclaw units that were like 100 points to go and tackle an objective or whatever and then jukari came out and since then every other army is more efficient at doing what they want to do and i'm feeling like we're just losing efficiency as more and more new ninth edition codices come out mm. and that's what i'm worried yeah about. that's perfectly well said we're just a lack of efficiency and to, to jack's point like uh, all those supplements I just I just reeled off. All those ten supplements all have some juicy buy-in stratagems yeah. that make you want to take them. Like you know, I'm talking about devout push. I'm talking about angel sacrifice. I'm talking about um, all the extra shots and crazy crap iron hands can do. You know, salamanders yeah. in addition to all the mortal wounds. You, they all have the reason you want to take CP. Yeah. And the reason that sucks is because all their troops are freaking horrible right now. That's I'm just going to throw it out there. Exactly what I just want to say. I, was, I wanted to say, yeah. can we talk about troops? Because what army yeah. do you not want to spam troops? Jukari, Rax, uh, yeah. Trueborn, and Witches. Necrons, you're spamming your warriors if you want, like, Dribble, yeah. Blobs. Admech, uh, uh, Rangers of Vanguard, like, they make they make your intercessor look so terrible in comparison. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's super rough. Um, yeah, Rax swarming the board, but... The option to have cheap, gaunts? efficient troops. Yeah, Gaunts yeah. and Gene Stealers. Like, ha! Huh, even all say? boys, uh, like Goth yeah. boys and Beast Snagger yeah. boys on the weekend. I saw them doing things that I could only dream of an intercessor being able to do. Is it is it fair to say yeah. that we are the only codex with a troop tax? That's what, that, and that's literally what I was about to get to. Perfectly said, mate. And troops one, are legitimately the, a tax. The only one that's even remotely like a force in the meta right now that has to you know drop 300 points on troops and just feel very sad about it yeah i suppose the only comparisons would be custodes have to do the same if they want to take a battalion which usually sometimes they do sometimes the, the, the patrol or double patrols are just better because you only pay two of those taxes rather than three um but yeah there's uh, apart from like the top meta armies there aren't many there's no one else i feel like if you want to, oh cool you want to take a um you want to take a battalion 350 points of your list. Thank you very much. Any and ninth that, edition you, codex. Like if we yeah, yeah, like it, sorry, ninth, ones, yeah, yeah. Ninth edition yeah, codex, ninth edition there's codex. no other codex that has troop tax like Marines. Uh, I mean, I wish. Like, I, you remember eighth, the 8th edition intercessors? You could just run 100 intercessors and yeah. you, people would just be like, oh, sweet Jesus, I am wrecked. And I don't think there's been a more ignominious yeah. fall. I probably pronounced that wrong. Than the intercessor and the uh, the infiltrator, like the infiltrator was a staple at the start of the edition. Man, it was bread and butter. The intercessors yeah. were great, and now they're horrific. Like I take I take incurse one unit of incurses and, and like one unit of assault intercessors, one unit of intercessors, and I I regret all those points every time. <laughs> yeah, I mean uh, none of them are particularly point sufficient. Uh, it's a just a whole bunch of bad options. Like intercessors are probably your best bet. 
they they just are they're well-rounded they have access to transhuman yeah. like they can they're 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 pretty good assault intercessors in my opinion aren't really worth it compared to um regular, regular? intercessors yeah and they're only five points cheaper um then if you want to go to tactical marines they're five points cheaper and significantly worse and yeah. then if you go up, you take incursors, which cost five more points, do less than an intercessor, but at least they advance deploy. So you probably take a unit of those. <clears throat> but then infiltrators are another 15 points on incursors. And in my opinion, are not better. Like they're worse. And worse, um, yeah. Because you don't have the AP1 in combat, at least. Yeah. Um, so yeah. their offense is, is almost zero. So you're spending 120 points on a unit whose only purpose is to be a 12-inch deep strike screen instead of a 9-inch mm -hmm. deep strike screen. And I'm just not particularly here for it. I mean, one of the reasons that uh, infiltrators were as good as they were back at the start of the edition was because GSC was uh, exactly a particularly right. strong threat in the meta. And that 12-inch, you know, you can't heroic, or the heroic, the 12-inch you can't deep strike in bubble was actually important. Now it really just isn't uh, as much. It and so it really isn't. So you take, I mean, generally the loadout you take is just two intercessor squads, one incursor squad. And then yeah. that's what you, you do. Say although, that. You, yeah. <laughs> you say that, but after the stomping that uh, John gave me this weekend, I put in 10 intercessors into my list now. I'm not going to kill 60 guns. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just because it was obnoxious. You just need to be on top of guns. <laughs> yeah. 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 How silly a day is it that when we're like, the, the scariest thing in the meta for us right now is just like 20 like cockroaches with uh, a <laughs> with, <laughs> with pea shooters. And we're like, sweet Jesus, no, not the cockroaches. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, um, what they can do with uh, yeah. a an assault three strength four AP zero one damage gun makes an intercessor look like nothing, dude. Well, yeah, exactly. It's a devourer exact and, a, and as an auto bolt, bolt rifle, exactly. And look at what they're able to do with theirs and what we can do with ours. Cool, you double shot it. Oh, it's tactical doctrine. Rend one, good for you. Um, <laughs> that's literally it. Uh, yeah, yeah, and it's this exact. It is the same gun, and their one will just like kill two redemptor dreadnoughts in a turn. And our one might kill um, uh, a, a rocket truck squig buggy. No, I won't even do that. <laughs> no, it's the quantity for the points. If we want, yeah, if we yeah. want, you know, ninety shots out of a unit with that, then because we can get basically all the same buffs that they can. You know, yeah. A chapter master reroll a um, an exploding sixes. You can even get double exploding sixes on bolters from uh, Imperial fists. So it's six hundred points and two yeah. CP. To get the same amount of shots as one of their 20 mans. Yep. And you can't put it all in one unit. So you don't get 90 shots yeah, out of the unit. You, you don't get, get 90 shots. Yeah, exactly. You, know, you can double shoot, but that's not 180 shots like they can. That's, you know, it's a 10-man squad, so it's going to be 60 shots after you double shoot. It's just, just not nearly the same. And, and, then they're on the and then on the inverse of that, you compare them to something like Orc boys, like beast snagger boys. I saw beast snagger boys on the weekend through, like, for the first time looking through, like, just straight up seeing what they can do. An assault intercessor ain't got shit on them. <laughs> Nothing. Exploding yeah. sixes. Base, the base rend, for our base rend, they got the better toughness. We got the extra wound. There's so many less points. They get the plus, is it the plus to hit or plus to wound against vehicle, against monsters? Well, which is so. Better. It can be both, yeah, which is so impressive in the in the meta right now. It makes so much more of a difference than... I mean, we, we get fights twice as well. But, like, holy crap. It, it, they are fearsome, man. And here's the other thing, yeah? the, pri the our, our troop choices, our primaris troop choices, do not have a delivery mechanism. 
don't tell me an impulsive works. Six man troop, six man capacity is not the way to to deliver any good of our any, any of our good troop choices into any meaningful place. It's cool for five blade guard if you can make that work, or maybe some plasma, maybe some plasma hell blasters and stuff. But I'm never putting any of our troops in a transport just because they're not worth it. No, uh, one of the only troops actually in Marines that you're happy to run is uh, sub faction specific. It is Black Templar Premier's Crusader Blobs. Crusader Scots. I was about yeah. I was about to hit it over to Jaime and ask him what he how he feels about Blood Claws at the moment because I don't think they're horrible, but I I can't genuinely make a case for them. They're the cheapest troop choice I could get. I need one forward deploy in every list, and I need a Blood Claw because I need I need three troop choices for my battalion. I have to pay for exactly. Yeah. Yep. Well, in the old Black Templars book, you would take, uh, Premier, uh, not Premier's Crusaders, but regular Crusaders. You wouldn't be super happy about it, but you just needed them because they filled the slots and they were cheaper. That's the Spot only on. reason you took them. Yeah. They were 15 points per model for no real reason, so you took them. They weren't broken. They filled the slots you needed to fill, and it was a it was a significant improvement over having to spend 100 points on a unit. It really was. It really was. Um, all right, enough ranting about <laughs> what's wrong with the troops' choices. Um, I do think we there's there's three units in particular I can think of that have really propped up the whole super faction since this codex came out, and that's uh, well, sorry, this is a bit of a tweener. It's a dreadnought of some kind, either a redemptor, a redemptor, or a contemptor. It's Bladeguard and it's Vanguard Vets. Those are the three units, or you know, for for the sake of it, uh, you know, that's Sangard or an equivalent of Vanguard vets. And scouts. An equivalent. Uh, <laughs> first the meme of the day. Uh -huh. The scouts. Yeah, sanguinary guard too. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, well, they, they propped well, up the whole thing. Well, I was about to say, so a Vanguard veteran equivalent, which can be Sangard, you know, um, or Wolfguard or whatever, same shit. Um, a a blade guard equivalent, which can be Terminators in a pinch, like you know, they is comparable. The the, the, the slow durable durable melee unit, and then a firebase like durable unit. And those three things, are, those three units, I think have been the core of every single every single list I've made in ninth edition for Space Marines, apart from like my Mimi, you know, Crusader Blob stuff. Is, is that pretty much how you guys see it as well? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Vanguard Vets or Vanguard Vet equivalents are certainly like, pretty much the best unit in Space Marines, followed by probably Contemptor Dreadnoughts, and then, yeah, slow slow melee like um, Blade Guard or Terminators that you can make durable. Only yep. some armies can make can make those work. Um, uh, yeah. Specifically, Dark Angels, who can make them durable as all heck, or Old Black Templars, who could make them really, really fast. Speedy, yeah. Um, but you know, blade guard are not bad because they're just for their points cost. They're they're pretty efficient. And mm -hmm. It's one of the only like efficient for your points cost units you're going to find yeah. in Marines. Now the other thing I think Marines do quite well, and they still do quite well, and I'm worried about them now not being able to do it, is the fact that they had a lot of small units you could take. They had the, some of the best ac access to bodyguard. Um, in in addition to having things like servitors, single attack bikes, mm -hmm. company veterans, little uh, Fenrisian wolves, single single cyber wolves, Jaime, bread and butter for you. Um, those little fringe yeah, units they made a huge difference for us as oh, well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm so jealous of your cyber wolves because uh, for my blood angels, I would That's love right. love to have cyber wolves. Um, the equivalent you would, would be something you? like uh, I really <laughs> would. 
conservators <laughs> or um, company vets is something you just want in a lot of space marine lists because they're just, they're just mm. cheap units. And if you have something holding a backfield objective that's not threatened, you know, a 40-point two-man company vet squad or a 30-point uh, servitor squad is much better than a 100-point intercessor. It lets them do something yeah, for right. But that's because, yeah, because we're but, looking yeah. for efficiency. Yeah. We, we need, we don't have a 45-point rack unit to hold a backfield objective. You're paying more than twice to hold an objective with a 100-point intercessor unit. Like it's exactly we're just trying to find efficiency in everything to hold objectives because you need all the points to go forward to contest on things that are already more efficient than you. I do want to add but, the drop yeah. pod with uh, devastators because not a lot of armies have turn one deep strikes. It's only the chaos drop pod and the space marine drop pod. And although it's uh, iron has drop pod is really good, the space wolves drop pod is really good with keen senses. But it's more of the the threats, keeping your opponent back, yeah, making your opponent waste yeah. time thinking about it, screening out, making them waste resources to push it back. I've seen my drop mm. until turn three multiple times. Having that being one of the only codices with a turn one deep strike, I think goes a really long way, even though it's not yeah. super efficient. Mm. I was about, I was going to touch on that. There are some there are some of those fringe units that end up mm. becoming the core of archetypes. Uh, that's a perfect say. The other one I'd add would be the the double double devastator rhino the white scars can do, which yep. sits in a similar field, but doesn't doesn't quite have the same reach as the drop pod, where you can just literally just put it anywhere. Um, but jumping on, we're going to talk about some of the archetypes for these different builds as they sit right here right now we're going to go through each and every one of the 10 sub factions of space yeah. marines and just conceptualize what list would be best into the current meta for each one of them yeah. um, and i'm starting off with dark angels because it's my show <laughs> uh, <laughs> so i think we i think that i think the dark angels have taken a huge it's been a roller coaster when they came out they had like a month of being the big dog everyone's scared of everyone's taking for i'm going to take these mortal wounds and these mortal wounds and i'm going to put this much obsec in here and i'm going to make this really fast double obsec and all this stuff and then drakari made out and it came out and just dark angels just did, didn't matter anymore they just weren't a factor at the top of the meta um completely like threw the blanket over them uh, the iron curtain fell on my beautiful bone boys um that being the Deathwing portion. Um, as it says for right now, I think the best Dark Angels lists are mostly Ravenwing. What do you guys think? Um, probably. I mean, speed is uh, is generally a great way to win games of 40k. Um, being, being durable but slow is... You have to be very good at it to win because a good opponent will... Um, will just use their speed to control objectives, to block yeah. your movement, to waste your turns, and it can be a real problem. So when Dark Angels came out, I mean, their their main claim to fame, honestly, is being able to sit back in their deployment zone and score 95 points. Correct. Uh, just to be That's more non-interactive than your opponent is willing to be. And at some point, that play style just wasn't good enough. Like a good, fast army came out, and all of a sudden being slow was not was not a great option. Mm. That's fair. Jaime, yeah. what do you think? So I played two incredible Dark Angels players over the weekend at the uh, uh, New Orleans Open. The first one was Steven, and the, and the second one was Charlie, and they were both running Terminator spam. And Terminators mm -hmm. have a 17-inch threat range if you can't advance and charge. 17 inches is nothing, pretty much, in this meta. When things yeah, are charging, sure. yeah. inches away. And I was... Both of them caught me off guard of how far you can make them go as soon as one opponent makes a mistake, where you can start slingshotting your units forward. Yeah. With yep. any forward deploy or anything that went to try and get engaged. They're very slow army if you stay outside of 17 inches. But as soon as you go within 17 inches, they get plus to the charge from a chaplain, and now they just went up 20 inches up the line, and you're getting charged the next turn. 
So yeah, 100%, 100%. Yeah, so they ha- they are kind of in this phase where they're coming full circle back to the Deathwing, and that's by dint of um Drakari essentially being knocked off their perch. There's no yeah. longer we're going to get sit on our objective and just have to cop waves and waves and waves of cheap efficient absolute bullshit, you know, yeah. <laughs> which is what was hap- which was what was happening. And so they kind of come full circle because you can play that um durability game with Thick City and it's like, okay, we're like for like, but I'm up second you're not. And exactly. um, they can really go a long way with that. Now, I'll go out here and say right now, I absolutely hate that list. It's boring. It's all <laughs> hell. But it might just be the best list that they've got right here, right now, as we sit. Um, I'd like to hope that it, it, I'm bu- I'm trying to build the list and, and like make something a little bit more exciting. But it's that li- the list I'm trying to build is based around like a core of three units of obsec uh, bikes and three units of uh, five blade guard veterans. So mine isn't crazy exciting, but I'm just trying to not. Yeah, but honestly, in all honesty, the the Termi list is probably the best list. I'm not a big fan of the bikes. I've played it quite against a lot of the bike lists, and like they're fast, but they just don't hit in combat at all. That's correct. They don't do a damn thing when they, they get there. Um, yes. Switching over to Blood Angels, Jack Wax ah. Poetic, mate. What's what does the best Blood Angels list look like, and why is it good? In my opinion, the best Blood Angels list packs a lot of fast combat, and then takes a couple characters to. Uh, to buff them up. Um, so my my list that I've been that I've been doing all right with is you know you you take a chaplain on bike, which a lot of space marine lists will have a chaplain on bike. Mm-hmm. It's one of the better units, the Primaris one specifically. Uh, chaplain on bike, you take Dante, who's a beast. You take a Sanguinary Priest, who's basically an apothecary with a jump pack. Uh, you take a guy to make all your jump pack guys move fourteen inches, and then you take three troops because I mean you have to. You're I don't want to, but I have to. And then you take, you know, a whole bunch of Sanguinary Guard, a bunch of Van Vets, a bunch of Death Company mix and match, and you just aim to control the board with your threat ranges. You don't run right at your opponent. I mean, Jaime, I'm 100% sure that you're, that you're on the same page uh, with your Absolutely. Space Wolves. If you, just take, if you just take your jump pack units and you try and go straight forward towards your opponent, your opponent will table you in like a turn. It used to um, work. It no longer works. Correct. Exactly. So what you have to do, and I mean, we'll talk about this when we get to Space Wolves, is you have to just kind of like dig in in the center of the board and then just show your opponent that you will have a points lead if they don't do anything. If they don't do anything, dope, like awesome, you win, you have a points lead. And if they do something about it, that's when you get your dream charges. Because even moving 12 or 14 inches is just not enough to reach across the board and just get yeah. in combat with your opponent before they can say something about mm-hmm. it. So that that's the game plan I think that Blood Angels tack best towards. They they don't really do anything other than combat particularly well. So if you try and include any of that in your army, like Redemptors, Contemptors, things like that, you you kind of start turning into a weaker version of other Marine armies, in my opinion. Yes. And that can be a real problem. Uh, now, right. Jaime, with the Space Wolves, definitely has more, more latitude there, a lot more... Uh, capability to combine with drop pods, uh, capability to combine with... Yeah, when we with, talk about wolves, we'll go into all the weird stuff that I'm trying out for sure. But I feel... Yeah, we're gonna, and like, perhaps perhaps my uh, my Blood Angel list is a little little too straightforward. Like, maybe I need to add a little more jank in it. Although yeah. it has been performing. Uh, the main benefits that you have are uh, you're not limited to just Vanguard veterans, which means you can include more combat. I mean, I know that's... Space Wolves and Blood Angels are very similar, but they're also very different. Um, one of the main problems that Space Wolves have is they're limited to 15 Vanguard veterans, so, you know, because we three squads of Wolfguard. Exactly. Whereas I have Sanguinary Guard and Vanguard veterans and Death Company that can all fill the same yeah. role, so you can really stack more of them up. Yeah. And Angel yep. Sacrifice is a disgusting strategy. 
It's amazing. Um, but moving on, we're going to jump over to Ultras next up. I now, Ultras had a... That, exactly right. But they had a heyday as being the option for people teching directly into Drakari when the Drakari book came out. And yes. that, was, that was spearheaded by John Lennon. It was a, it was a what, triple Invicta, uh, or was it two Invictus, two Redemptors, two Contemptors, or was something yep. along it those was lines? Two, it was two of each of them, although you can yep. mix and match. It's not really an issue. Yeah. Um, um, but and, yeah, Jaime, yeah. feel free to launch in and uh, break down the Ultras for us. So Ultramarines is really weird to talk about. So Thomas Bird, I can shamelessly say that he's the best Ultramarine player in the world because he was my 40k. Oh, 100%. Right? 100%. He's <laughs> um, incredible. But like, if, you, if he would stop, if he would, st- dude, if he would stop taking Gilliman in every <laughs> list, he'd cr- he'd crush so much more. He would, he would crush so much and more. I was going to say, stop, let's one stop. question: Are you gonna? Are you playing Gilliman or not? If you're not playing Gilliman, you can start like pushing the list, make it as efficient as possible. Yeah. If you're, you're not, exactly right. are you Thomas Bird? If not, you're not going to win any games. Like, <laughs> Ultramarines have Savage. this amazing relic called the Seal of Oath. Yes. And what it lets you do is lets you at the start of the first command phase or whatever, first battle run, it lets you pick an enemy unit and anyone within six inches of the relic bearer can reroll hits and wounds against that target. So if you had a Castellan, it dies. If you've got any... 400 point unit it dies really powerful relic and ultramarines have a lot of flexibility between switching doctrines and the amount of rerolls you can access it's really really good but they still struggle with efficiency and it also incentivizes big units to benefit from all the buffs that you can access with ultramarines and you start losing units to play the mission and there's a very fine balance there that is very hard to reach with ultramarines because they don't do Absolutely. combat really well. They just yeah. do shooting pretty well. I that's feel like Ultramarines is one of the ones that's struggling quite a lot at the moment because yeah. it is, a, by premise, it's supposed to be a very flexible army with a little bit of everything, and that's just not what Marines are good at right now. You can't afford to take a little bit of everything. You can afford to take a lot of something and a little bit of something else, but you can't you can't have it all, it feels like. Yeah. like you can't have a decent amount of uh, you know intercessors and some hellblasters and some aggressors and some termies and some then you just got a crap list. And then you've got a list of dozen- units, yeah. Like I've tried yeah. building lists with with Thomas and we've tried putting assault marines to go and trade for objectives. We've tried putting mm. Vanguard vets that hit like a wet mop because they're not blood angels or space rules or black white scars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. White yeah scars. Exactly. You just it's 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 too all-rounded almost you know like mm. the jack of all traits and it's almost bad yeah yeah i agree really say. it needs They're expensive and right and all these all these bad options are just too expensive to include yeah. so you have to include what you're good at and that's where it gets into problems because it, you then when you when you do get to, if you're an ultramarines player out there and ultramarines die hard good for you you're a champion continue um but unfortunately what ends up happening is you have lists you have armies that are defined by a single gimmick eg oath yeah. o, 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 the oath the seal of oath you yeah. become a whole thing that's that's paralyzed almost by everything in this army has to make good use of this one thing that I can yeah. do. Otherwise, I can't justify is it. it, weird it to very say, polarized. Yeah. Is it weird to say that Ultramarines are like a complete and extensive toolbox with blunt tools? Do you know what I blunt mean? Blunt tools. Perfect. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. That's that's spot on. Well, yeah. one of the 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 other thing that actually makes Ultramarines pretty good and made John's list terrifying. The redeploy. Uh, for the time that it was was the redeploy. They have yeah, the best redeploy yeah. in the game um, because it can be used more than once. So if your opponent has a redeploy to try to counter your redeploy, you redeploy, they redeploy, and you do it again. You do it so again. Yep. you just right. get an edge on them, uh, especially combined with infiltrating units and get right up in your opponent's business. It's it's like an okay army hidden behind a coin flip was how John would describe it a lot of the time. Yeah, 
Because yep. if they went first, they would find angles with all their dreadnoughts. They would infiltrate the Invictor suits right on top of you, and they would go to town. Mm. Um, and then if they went second, they would redeploy so they're in a safe position. They would play like a safe, like medium, okay Space Marine game. Mm, Although they yeah. do have Seal, which is an absurd relic. Yeah. Um, that kind of play style has fallen off recently with Orcs and uh, Thick City more in the meta. So you don't get to make use of it. And yeah, exactly. Right. So, when the, so, when Admech had the six flyers, it's like, oh, you you went second, mm-hmm. you redeployed back into your deployment zone. I still shoot you with my six flyers. Yep. I, exactly yeah, right. I still I still kill half your You're army. Not hiding, it's, buddy. it's yuck. <laughs> um, all right, Raven Guard is up next. Now I'm quite high on Raven Guard at the moment. I'm trying to find a way to make them work because they have a lot of the jank that we just talked about from Ultramarines, as in redeploy opportunities, forward deploying opportunities. They also have a lot of the aggressive things, like they have advance and charge aura. They have a plus one to advance and plus one to charge aura as well. And, the, and they have like the Master of Ambush, which I think is that, that one gimmick, that Seal of Oath level gimmick, that can polarize a list and make them good. What do you guys think? So I don't actually know Raven Guard as a chapter as well as i could like i've played a lot of marines and i haven't actually played raven guard but in my opinion when i've played against them i know that they do a lot of tricks but there's there's like they just don't have the damage um, there's no yeah exactly there's no bit yeah. like they throw they throw in a hell of a lot of punches but none of them knock you out yeah right um, they're just incredibly pillow fisted now they they are very they do have a lot of tricks and that is important mm. like they have all the tricks of different chapters but whereas, you know, Blood Angels would use, you know, the plus one advance or White Scars would use the, you know, advance and charge, the plus one charge off Blood Angels or the White Scars would use the advance and charge. And then when they get in, you would feel it. It mm. just doesn't feel the same way. They're also hampered by a very, a very mediocre um, super doctrine, something we Correct. should, you know, get into are the different super doctrines that um, the different Marines have and having a good one will make can make or break your codex. Agreed. Um, Ultramarines one is you can move and not take the heavy penalty while you're in tactical doctrine. That's usually yep. turns two and three. It's all right. It's not great. It's all right. Uh, Raven Guard <laughs> is while you're in tactical, you get plus one to hit and wound mm. characters. And turns mm. two and three, you're not generally hitting characters that much. It's just, no, it, you're it's not, not terrible, and, but it's in and, place of like some really strong rules that other armies have access to. My, my have issue plus one attack army wide. Yes. My issue with the, the Raven Guard one is if I'm hitting characters that are worth killing turns one and turns two, I'm probably won this game. The the the, the combat yeah. doctrine would, would doesn't matter because I'm already winning. Um so, so th- that's that's my issue there. But as conceptually what that list looks like, it actually looks just pretty similar to a lot of other stuff, except I usually just like to put a couple of units of eliminators in there just to put the fear of God into like homunculuses and succubuses and stuff. Yeah. But um what do you guys what do you think, Jaime? So like the plus one to hit, plus one to wound is also in shooting, right? Correct. It, yeah. It's in shooting and combat. Yeah. Right. It's, it's so just whenever they make an attack. In theory, with grandmasters running around and kill rigs starting to be a little more yep. popular, shouldn't it be good? Uh, yeah, it should be. Which, dude, this is one of the reasons I've been looking at them as an as an option, and I think they are. I think they're actually not too bad. Like you talk about Thunderhammers into like taking Thunderhammer Vanguard vets into into kill rigs now, yeah. and you're just like, well, I'm, I'm still I'm hitting on twos, winning on threes, and you're I'm dead. I'm just gonna wreck you. Yeah, you're dead. Yeah. See you later. So, see you later. Let me let me rephrase what I what I meant. Um, I, I don't mean that it's bad. It's it's fine. I mean, especially in the current meta, there's a lot of big beefy no, characters I, I, running I'm around. Knights, that sort of thing. I think. No, I, I, I th- I think it's, it's just, bad as well. It, it, <laughs> should, it should be 
be good. It, it should feel yeah. amazing right now, but it doesn't. The reason, yeah, the reason I think it's not good is because it depends on your opponent. You can't build around it. Yeah. You can, you can include like snipers, but it's it's still very situational on whether your opponent, whether it's good against your opponent. Yeah. Whereas Blood Angels always get plus one attack, and that just makes what you do better. Pure, like very in a very tangible way, you can build your army around. Same with Space Wolves, yeah. getting extra exploding sixes to hit. Same with Ultramarines. You can build units in that, that would take the heavy penalty and really would feel it. Now you can mm-hmm. ignore that. Whereas you just kind of have to take Raven Guard and hope your opponent's safe in characters that you want to hit. Yeah. So there's I do have a Raven Guard list that I'm quite happy with. I'll just tell you guys about the archetype real quick. So it's got it's got a chapter master and it's got a super chaplain. One of uh, I can't remember which one of them. One of them has the aura of advance and charge. The other one has master of ambush um, to pick up a unit with them and redeploy aggressively turn one. And then to activate that, I take ten intercessors with a with uh, auto bolt rifles because literally what Jaime said. So that if I'm playing against John Lennon, I can kill. As many Gavel Grants as I can see. Of course, blips come into that, but that becomes an issue, but it's still there. And then and if I can't use the intercessors, I've got a unit of five aggressors with Flamestorms nice. to use instead. Um, nice. And then it, and then it just from there, it gets pretty basic. It's three units of Eliminators and the Heavy Supports because I'm a, it's memeing and I'm playing Sniper Boys. And then it's just Vanguard Vets. And I, I did have a list that had three Invictors in it as well to be more forward deploy, more pressure applying, but I found that it was better to just take more Vanguard Vets and uh, some other bits yeah. and pieces. Honestly, but, um, I like it. I like it as well. I think I actually think it's not a bad list. If someone, if anybody out there wants to go and give that one a go, like PM me with your thoughts because it, I think it's actually an exciting list with a hell of a lot of tricks. It's just not as it's not as powerful as Blood Angels, White Scars, Space Wolves, trying to be aggressive. So um, it's it's good at pressure, but when you actually come, if someone's just like, yeah, I'll 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 call your bluff, mate. Hit, punch me. And then yeah. you punch them and they're like, yeah, I didn't do any damage. That's yeah. the fear. That's the thing, yeah. So in 8th edition, you used, like, right at the end of 8th edition, you had the Raven Guard list for team events, which were coin flip lists. Yes. Where if you go first, you're yeah. done. Game over. Yeah, exactly. And it was, like, yeah. 30 Vanguard Vets and 15 Aggressors and whatever for deploying. And then you could, if you wanted to, build the list like that, where you have your drop pod with your Devastators and your, your four deployment units and your Vanguard veterans, and then your, uh, what's that, uh, World Trade 2 movie unit up called? Uh, Master of Ambush. That one. You could go full Alpha Strike and really mess you could, someone yeah. up. Until someone puts four blips in front of you. They're, four they're blips, exactly right. And then you can't do anything. Or, or they have yeah. a unit of in, in, infiltrators and they get to deploy <laughs> the first unit. And bang, yeah. infiltrators go down. And you're like, well, yeah. guess everything that I bought my list to do is just redundant now. Yeah. And taking a, taking a Space Marines list, that gets neutered and destroyed by other space marines lists is a bad feeling <laughs> like yeah you can yeah. you can also just run into thick city um and you take your first turn and you go first and you got your first drops like they mandrakes or anything and everything's ideal everything goes great and then you don't kill anything oh or they go you you forward deploy up and they've got the freaking animus vitae and they get advanced and charge off turn one because you just stuffed up and left a unit in front oops. of them yeah oops oops yeah <laughs> All right, moving so, on. This is going to be the reliable. It is. It is. It's, this is the best one. This is going to be the funniest one, guys. Imperial fists. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. What? Yeah, yeah I don't, I don't right know. I've never fist? heard of him. I've never heard of him either. Some kind of banana marines. Yeah. Imperial. Um, who? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is there anything there for anyone? You can make a unit in uh, a, a unit. A <laughs> unit. Yeah, try. Try. Let's, uh, let's, let's do it. Okay. So it's not good. But <laughs> what you can do is you can take like you can take a unit of crimson fists, uh, yeah. uh, the inceptors with bolters, and if you want to drop five CP a turn, which you won't, but you know you're memeing, so you go for it. You can. 
you can give them double exploding sixes on bolter shots. You yep. can make them plus one to hit. You can then give them uh, chapter master and reroll everything fishing for sixes. You can give them plus one to wound against vehicles. You can give them reroll the wound against orcs, which is funny. Uh, they get plus one to hit against like the the orc uh, buggy units because each buggy counts as five models. And if you have five more models, they get plus one to hit. That's dope. Um, it puts out a lot of firepower. Like it puts out an actually respectable amount of firepower. Look, but it I costs think... you two hundred points, five CP every mm. time you want to do it, and you have to be eighteen inches away from your opponent. I think if you if you are making an imperial fist list and you love imperial fists, good for you. Play that life, get into it. But like literally, just paint it purple, add Pedro Cantor, and the list gets better. Right? Yes. It, it's I just would, straight up gets better. Yeah. Honestly, I would just. Sasha Edelkraut has a gorgeous Imperial Fist. Oh army. my god, it's so good. It's beautiful. And he plays it as Black Templars. Now, it, he's made it look like it's Black Templars 2, yeah. like Imperial Fist with black uh, theme on it. It is gorgeous. And he plays it as, as Black Templars. I would try something similar to that. Play him as Black Templars, use the Ultramarines rules. Yes. You get your cool models, you get your fluff that you enjoy. I get it. And you get rules that are playable until a new codex comes out. They just don't and have a lot thing. of stuff in there. Imperial Fists have been gutted so thoroughly. Um, they were one of the best uh, out of the last out of the eighth edition codex. They were one of the best supplements. That hence they were second or third best, I think, behind Iron Hands and depending who you ask, uh, Raven Guard at the time because of how good Assault Sense with Infiltrate were because it was stupid as crap. Um, and they were they were like the third fiddle. They, I, all my lists had like Imperial Fists uh, Thunderfires in it, in, in my yeah. super list or whatever. Because it was just yeah. For the yeah, it, oh, yeah, it was just bonkers. Yeah. It was so so strong. Um, and so, but yeah, they got guarded by G Dub like no one else. They literally have yeah. been. I think yeah. it's two or three layers of layers of hits, and then the FAQs that were supposed to bring them up into the new ninth edition kind of realm of rules uh, did the opposite, nerfed them again. Yeah. Um, so yeah. they are almost de- defunct. And yeah. therefore, we'll move on. Jaime, it's your turn. It's your for, turn, buddy. No, no, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I just uh, want to say go. one thing about Imperial Fist. For those who are Imperial Fist diehards, your time will come. Just enjoy your army. Yo, it don't will. get too upset it about will. it. Like, yeah. It's a meta that rotates yeah. and cycles through. Your time will come. You will be on top. Just just stay yeah. strong. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> yeah, stay um, strong. I, I will say they have been, they've been murdered by GW over the last mm. year or so. But I've played against Imperial Fists while they were at their best. And it was good. I understand you're sad, but playing into that list was grueling. They had well, all the indirect in the game. It all got plus one damage against vehicles. So Thunderfires are now cracking vehicles. They really took a hit because all the space ring indirect became really bad. And also but, their chapter, their it, super doctrine became bad as well. It no longer is plus one, da- plus one damage against vehicles. It's yeah. now only plus one damage if you're strength eight or more. And it's only for the first turn. You can't have it all game. Correct. But so, you know, do you know what? Yeah. You know what? We went through yeah. a meta. We, we've been through a meta very recently where they would have been if they were uh, if they weren't nerfed into the absolute ground, maybe medium level nerfed. They would have been the answer. All space ring players flocked to against freebooters, against oh, yeah. the against the admech flyers, against all the spammy raiders and um and, and venoms and all that stuff. We would have been like praise be for the imperial fists, and instead be like ah yeah ah never heard of them. I don't, what do they do? 
<laughs> I don't even know what their strats are. It's really frustrating. Anyway, Jaime, Space right, Wolves, your time to shine, go. brother. Oh, yeah. All okay, right. So. <laughs> it's, it's this one. Scouts, scouts, melter guns, land speed of storms. We're done. Let's move on. That's it. All right. <laughs> thanks, guys. Thanks for showing up. Great episode. Yeah. yeah. All right. This has been fun. Anyway, uh, if you want if you want part two. <laughs> yeah. No, but no, seriously, Space Wolves, you've got this, uh, like, same with the Ultramarines, you've got a question, are you playing pure Space Wolves or are you playing successors? Because if you mm-hmm. want Bjorn and Murderfang, there are lists out there you can play and do really well with. It's just, I really like my successors, and it's what I've enjoyed piloting and doing well with, so I haven't played the named chapter, per se, but there's a lot of things you can do there, especially with the, all the named characters. There's a lot of efficiency coming out of them, the Blood Cross and Sky Cross are now really good because they get an extra attack yeah. if you're pure Space Wolves. There's a lot of things you can do there. But what I've been focusing with my Wolves is playing the mission first and then worrying about killing, which is kind of strange being a, like a combat army that hits like a truck. I always prioritize playing the mission and guaranteeing my points. And he, that's why I'm playing the Scouts because they guarantee me Rod. They guarantee me Engage most of the time. The Speeders are great for Oath or Screening. Oh, yeah. So having those and the cyber what's up? I'm 100% on board with you. Same thing with, as I said, with the Blood Angels. Brutal melee combat army, but you don't do that. You play for points. You play for points. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I can win the game without charging you, ever. And that's what you need. That's where you need to be with Marines now, because you can't rely on your efficiencies, and you can't can't bet on a a trade war. You can't walk into that, because you just just lose it. I think Um, as an archetype for the entire super faction, build a list that plays all the secondaries you can do. So stranglehold and engage. You want to be able to take either yep. of those two. Oath every single game. Have your units that will your oath. Yep. That's your speeders. That's your uh, company veterans advancing into the middle. That's a random character that's going to advance into the middle. Score your oath and then do either rod or banners and then be ready to take uh, mission-specific secondaries. But Correct. Like, you have to be able to max out rod. You have to score 12 to 13 points on engage. And you have to be able to score oath reliable. If you can't do that, you're not going to do well with Marines. And then build the rest of your list about being scary enough that they don't want to mess with you that much. And to add on to that part, you have to be able to, once you're maxing out your secondaries or scoring like 12 or 13 points on average per secondary, you now need resources to stop your opponent from doing the same. Because there's other armies who do it even better. You're getting 12 points on engage, Jukari getting 15 points on engage or Herd the Prey. You're getting 13 points on Oath, someone's getting 15 points on to the last. So not only do you need to score your max secondaries, you now need resources to deny your opponent uh, their secondaries. And that's what I'm struggling with. Yeah. Okay. So, Um, but your list is built around, usually built around a core of uh, Wolfguard, Dreads, smashy characters, yeah? It's the most efficient thing that I have to deny my opponent's secondaries and primary. Spot on. Like, my Dreadnoughts can shoot someone off an objective reliably-ish. My wolf guard can go and steal one of your banners in your primary. Mm. The scouts are really good at stealing banners. If I go first, and I can move my speeders and then disembark the scouts because they have the uh, assault transport rules, yeah. so they can disembark after yep. it moves, I can go tow your objectives and if you only have two objectives where you were going to score 10, uh, 10 banners, now you're only scoring 8. So having units yep, they can... Um, they, if someone takes Rod, you put your three-man or two-man squads of company veterans all over your deployment zone, and they can't Rod your table corner. Exactly right. Yeah. right? So you need to figure out how to deny your opponent's points. One of the nice things about... I mean, Blood Angels and Space Wolves are very similar. They're, mm-hmm. they're, they're different in some ways, but they're very similar in a lot of ways. And one of my favorite things about Blood Angels and Space Wolves is that they're so deadly in combat 
they're ludicrously deadly, like way more deadly than you actually need, which is nice because whenever somebody invests in a durability mechanic, like minus one damage or transhuman or, or anything along those lines, you just have enough damage that you just go right through it. Yeah. Like you yeah. don't care. Yeah. Whereas somebody who who has fine tuned their damage to be exactly enough for their role will find that, oops, I guess I didn't factor in what if my opponent has minus one damage and transhuman mm. and then they then they can't do anything like like Drukhari, a lot of their units in combat. If you are minus one damage and transhuman and have a feel no pain or whatever, they it's not that they, you know, have a hard time killing you. It's that they went from being able to kill you to they can't do anything. Yeah. Can't do a damn thing. Yeah, it's nice. And, and a lot of people use that, uh, like to your point, they overinvest for their points as well. Like you're to the last. You make something really tanky, so it's a guarantee to the last. And us having the ability to kill one of those to the last can make a, can, will win you the game mm. just because we overkill and we still have the ability to kill if you invest into tankiness. So whenever you exactly. see like a 300 to 400 point unit, we can still kill it. Yeah. And that, yeah. that gives us the edge, I feel. I agree. All right, moving on to Iron Hands. Now, this one is quite easy because I think people, a lot more, lot more people than you would think, have been plugging away and playing Iron Hands, especially over in Europe and the UK. Um, it's coalesced into like uh, successes, like taking successes, um, and, and then it looks like a pretty just straight up reasonable like list it's got vanguard vets it's got a couple of dreads usually the uh character dread the uh dread. relic contemptor yeah. the character yeah the character dread sometimes they're taking it well I, I hear the best one to take is to take it as minotaurs iron hand successes with hecaton Icos, which is the the minotaurs named <laughs> contemptor dread because he's a character you bodyguard him you make a i could a relic contemptor dread a character and bodyguard them then you got a really explosive melee character you can't you can't target and extremely explosive from range cp dump um one also you can do but there's a lot of iron hands lists people are talking about have been talking about when the meta if the meta shifts away from um thick city and the minus one damage the uh, uh, an ironstone fire raptor becomes amazing again yeah. or, or the uh the land raider achilles right now people are memeing about it a little bit but it looks like a very conventional list it's got the drop pod in it because they can do that very well it's got vanguard veterans in it because well into range board heroes or marps for artisans um and then it just looks pretty straightforward what do you guys saying so uh, uh, it's, it is in, yeah and that seem it, it is not that straightforward. It. Yeah. It's not exa- exactly. It's not that straightforward when you when you read it down. Yeah. Um, so who's going to chime in first? We'll go. We'll go with uh, with Jaime. Tell us about Nassim. What's so he Nassim doing? In, in the UK, he's doing really really well with uh, Iron Hands, and I feel like he's been leading most of like the development of that list. But it's it's what I think Iron Hands are is just reliable because you have hmm. very reliable strategies for your shooting and a bunch of reruns. Yeah. So your shooting is predictable. You know what you can kill. Your multi-melters aren't going to whiff too badly, especially if you have like exploding yep. wound or whatever. Your contemptor picks up things with exploding sixes and shooting. You have a war trade to give you a reroll damage on your D6 plus a CP reroll. It's consistent and reliable, and you can math it out, and you know what you're going to kill. And then you have the damage output of born heroes plus whirlwind of rage on your command. Correct. Yes, yeah. it feels it. it feels to me like it's the the they are the well-rounded tweener faction uh, mm-hmm. sub faction. They've got all the strats, wall of traits, and relics to support a fire base, and then they also have the uh, successor traits that just make them explosive in combat. Not to the extent of so it is the thing though. They're still sh- they're probably still the shootiest of the of the space marines right now. I don't think anybody shoots yeah. better than them. Yeah. And then with the, with the successor traits and a few other little bits and pieces, they become 
very respectable in combat as well. They're yeah. no, nowhere near as good as Blood Angel, Space Wolves, yeah. White Scars, etc. But they become very respectable. And I think yeah. that is their role. They're sitting as the like the plum firebase that you have to respect, which is exactly what we said we wanted Space Marines to be. Um, and to Jack, your point with the oh, sorry, one, one more thing. To, to your point with the with the firebase, you have the untargetable contemptor, which goes a much longer way than people think. Because you're oh, not being able oh, to interact yeah. with their primary fire base sucks yeah. as being the opponent. Because you can't as, you can't as a guy, dude. As a guy who runs Talon Masters, uh, that guy, I drool over that guy. That guy is amazing. <laughs> He's because so the, good. Just, the stratagem support is off the chain for yeah. that platform. It's off the chain. Sorry, keep going. That's yeah, it. So, okay. so the the dreadnought. First off, you can make it a character, which means you can't target it at all. Correct. The shooting attacks. It's that's pretty great. But then you can also give it warlord traits, and they have some great ones. So they have the reroll, uh, hit, wound, and damage, which is great for a cyclone missile launcher. And then they also have sixes to hit or an additional hit. And then they also have a stratagem for sixes to wound or an additional wound. Additional wound. And yeah. so this thing can just pump damage at you really, really mm-hmm. hard while not being able to be hit back. And then you can combine it with a lot of other non-interactive um sources of damage you can combine it if you want with uh lads fusel eliminators that yep. fire and fade every turn behind walls um just they shoot and then use the instigator bolt carbine on the sergeant to just move back behind a wall that's pretty good uh and they're the best one at using things that don't have core especially uh vehicles that sort of thing anything that doesn't yep. have core but is a vehicle well they're better at using it so you get tech yeah. to make them hit on twos and then you can cast a power that makes a second one hit on twos and you can give it plus one to its save, mm. and you can make it minus one damage. A Land Raider Achilles is not a meme. That thing is scary. Oh, scary that thing dude. puts out a ton of very good firepower, and with Iron Stone and a one-up save with the power and hitting on twos, you can make it reroll one. And, and very, a very good ability to hit. Yeah, very good ability to heal it as well. I mean, I envision a day like chapter proof comes around, like the one of the glad the gladiator reaper is what I'm looking at right now. If that thing goes down a bunch of points, like all of a sudden that's not a joke either, especially into like Tyrannies and orcs. That thing becomes holy crap. They can't even charge it because you're like watching them to death. Um, I, so there's a, there's some pretty good things there for Iron Hands. In fact, I think if I was have to if I had to be crazy right now, if you want the well rounded, good into every matchup list, Iron Hands I think is the best. Apart from maybe there's yeah. one further down here that's specifically for the meta. Um, next up is Salamanders, though. And look, I kind of feel like Salamanders are very similar to Ultramarines. They've got a bit of a gimmick play. They've been nerfed a bunch of times, and they're just a little bit nowhere. Like, nothing really nothing really overtly special into the current mission set or environments. What do you think, Jaime? So, Salamanders, I've got a friend here in Atlanta, his name is Mac. Like, he's trying to, to make Salamanders work. And there's cool things you can do. Absolutely. You've got a couple, like, yeah. gimmicks. You have the named character, Ash Mantle. He's a dreadnought. You can have the company met- veterans protect him. You have the 2d6 heroic intervention when mm. someone charges a unit w- near you. Um, you have the double damage in combat uh, for a CP, but that's only on sixes to wound. So, like, it's not very reliable. Like, there's really cool interesting things there but like it's none of it is reliable it, it doesn't add up into a play style itself yeah. does it it's just yeah. little bits yeah. you might be able to do if you're in the right situation like almost um, there yeah that's, i agree it's always been my my impression of salamanders is like i'll see someone do something cool and you'll see like a 300 point package or a 400 point package on a list that's like dope it's awesome this is great but then there, there's no list that comes together from that yeah yeah it doesn't coalesce into an archetype all by itself it's like 
uh, cool, I can do this with this unit, so I take this unit, I take this with this unit, and then I do this unit, and then you're left with just a, a really awkward, weird list. Like, I don't know what they look like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, is, there, is there much else to say there? Like, is there any actual... I mean, apart from Flamer Aggressors, which I think they do make extremely exciting, um, what do you guys think? Well, they also, they have some good things in there. Like, their stratagem support is quite solid. They have uh, just plus one to wound for one CP. Yep. It's just yep. great. Um, they can count units as being stationary, which is just great. Mm-hmm. Um, their general chapter tactic is pretty solid, uh, which is, you know, re-roll a wound roll and ignore AP1. It's not mm-hmm. bad. There are a whole bunch of rules that, like, just don't add up into a larger yeah. whole, yeah. but, like, they are don't... not bad. Like, they're not bad. Mm. They, yeah, they don't coalesce into anything, like, definitive or, you know, any, yeah. Um, uh, enough said that, let's time you got anything else to add? No, I just, uh, as Jack said, the plus one of wound is really, really powerful. It's the only marine army that has access to a strat for plus one yeah. of wound that you can use in any phase, shooting and combat. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. the 2d6 heroic is really, really cool. Because um, just so, for people who don't know, heroic interventions does not require you to end with an engagement range. So you can use it to slingshot units further forward. And there, there's something you, cool you can do with it. But again, it's not enough to bring them on top. All right. The next one, this is the one I thought might be the contender with Iron Hands for the most well-rounded. This is Death Watch. Um, now, Death Watch is in a really interesting place because they have a huge amount, a huge depth of rules very interesting things and i feel like they're possibly the hardest space marine faction to use because they've got so much stuff that they can do so many and with all the kill teams and all those things it just can go down such a trap with list writing yeah where you get all these incredible rules but just not much of yeah. a list yeah i've well i uh john and i built a list i took it to ac uh, atlantic city open and he took it uh, i forget exactly where but we've been playing with it it's death watch have access to some of the best relics in the game oh, and, great, yeah yeah, and they can make a brutal shooting army. Mm. Um, just you take a bunch of dreadnoughts, five or six dreadnoughts, and then you take a whole bunch of relics that give yourself auras of five up invulns for those dreadnoughts, auras of reroll wounds against the data sheet once a game, which yep. is so massive. Um, just auras of plus one to hit fly, and all of a sudden you're shooting very, very, very well. Yeah. But the kill teams are a lot more of a miss uh mm. their relics are good enough to carry the army but it turns it into kind of more of a shooting army the yep. proteus kill team is pretty good you you get a decent amount of obsec troops some of which move very fast some of which break normal rules by making bikes infantry very mm-hmm. strong but the rest of the kill teams are just not good yeah. they're just not good unfortunately Agreed. they take very expensive taxes that don't do anything because Remember how we said we don't like Space Marine troops particularly well? Well, mm-hmm. guess what? You every kill yes, team is strapped to a five uh, five yes. man Space Marine troop unit. Yeah, and that's just it's it's a deal breaker, and it's it's the main reason why I don't really rate the uh, the Army of Renown very much because not only do you have to take the the restriction on the Army of Renown for them, the Death Watch Kill Team Force or whatever it's called, is the restriction is you can only take characters. And units with a specialism, which are kill teams yes. with a specialism, which is you have to pay extra. Mm-hmm. It's a mechanic you don't use normally because you have to pay extra in order to get kind of some wound rerolls of one against very specific enemy types. And you have to pay quite a premium to get it. So you don't normally take it. So you're spending maybe 140, 120 points in premiums 
that you wouldn't normally take on top of mm -hmm. taking a bunch of inefficient units because right. you every five-man squad of eradicators is stapled to a five-man squad of heavy intercessors mm -hmm. and and you're also not allowed to take the best units in the book which are the dreadnoughts you get buffed by all the shooting uh, correct options. Uh, so that's it, the real problem there. It feels really awkward in the way that that, that, that list coalesces. I was really hoping the Army of Renown would uh, make a bit more of a splash. And look, the rules you get for it are phenomenal. You get to choose and pick and choose which chapter of Space Marines you want to play like for that turn. Um, it's fantastic. There's so much generalship and yeah. agency in that. But then when you write the list, you're like, eh? Um, yeah. You, yeah. You just you, run out of you run out of points so fast. You're taking yeah. like 300 points in taxes to do this. And and and, and the the kill teams, ah, oh, they're just like to play competitive 40k. Yeah, you need to have either you need to be able to directly account for you know so many different factions at the moment. Uh, you know, orcs, drakari, um, grey knights, sisters, other marines, whatever. Um. That the kill teams just don't make sense. They just don't make sense. You would have to have such a polarized meta, which we did have before, but before we got a bunch of these rules, they'd have to have such a polarized meta for any of the kill teams specifically to make sense. Um, yeah, it's just and it's the, a bit it's a bit crap. But it, Death Watch do make a very very good shooting army. Yeah, and if you want to take apart people in shooting and then have some pretty decent troops that, you know, honestly, but, are troops I'm happy to take, which is rare in Space Marines. It's the Proteus kill team with four bikers and a Vanguard and one, yeah. one Vanguard vet. Like the way I like to get them out is you take the Vanguard vet with a shield and lightning claw or a chainsword. You take four bikers with a chainsword and then they go with the Vanguard vet. He makes them infantry so they can go through walls. They get the benefit mm -hmm. of cover. They're still really, really fast. They can turn to white scars to be able to advance and charge. As charge. Well. Yep. And then you have five, uh, Van uh, five death watch veterans. You put a combat shield on the sergeant and you can give them all shotguns, which are actually pretty good pretty shooting good. weapons. Yeah. So they're an actual troop I'm happy to take. The problem with the Army of Renown is they're not an army by themselves. They're just like mm. good, efficient troops. And so if you want to take units to do stuff, that's where the points start racking up way faster than you're comfortable with. But Great. as a well-rounded shooting army, five to six dreads, a couple characters, you take the shield that gives you a five-up invuln aura, you take... Uh, Tome of Ectoclades, you take uh, the mm -hmm. uh, Auspicator that gives you plus one to hit against Fly, you take Nowhere to Hide, you take um, you, there's there's a whole lot of buffs you can take in that yeah. list, and you put them all in Dreadnoughts, you shoot really hard, and you have good troops that are fast. That list, very well-rounded, love that list. Kill Team, bit of a mess. Agreed. Jaime, what do you think? I think Jack covered absolutely everything. I've got nothing to add. Fair enough. <laughs> love your work. Alright, on to our last one, and this might be the one that has had the most interesting story in ninth edition. This is White Scars. So I still think White Scars are one of the best Space Marine factions. And I think they're possibly the best Space Marine factions no one seems to be playing at the moment. Um, what do you guys think? Uh, they're pretty good. They're probably the, in my opinion, I'm sorry, Jaime. I'm sorry myself because I love Blood <laughs> Angels. Uh, I think they're the best melee Blood Angels, uh, best, best melee Space Marines that are in the game. They're faster, and that's the biggest thing for me. They're just quicker. Yeah, they're the fastest one, and that makes the biggest difference. It comes and out also to taking range, lightning right? claws up to damage mm. too. Yeah, just the biggest threat range. And then not only can they advance and charge, but they also have a lot of mechanics that make them faster in general. They can double yeah. move. Yeah, they can get out of 
vehicles after they've moved and do things. So their threat range, even outside of just advancing and charging, is the highest out of all the Space Marine chapters. Yeah. And also every unit can fall back and charge, can advance and charge, which is just, I mean, army-wide advance and charge has made Drakari a menace. And it's you know, it's really good in White Scars. I keep playing my Blood Angels because I love them. And yep. but if if you want to play melee marines at their absolute best, I think they have to be white scars. Um, yeah. Is it fair to say that they have the best super doctrine in the game? Um, it depends, because right now minus one damage is everywhere, and if you take a bunch of one damage lightning claws, then it kind of negates yeah. their super doctrine, yep. whereas That's it true. doesn't with uh, like blood angels or space wolves. So right now it's kind of in a weird position. But on the other side of that coin, if you take multi-damage stuff, you essentially invalidate any yeah. minus one damage. Oh, yeah. Yes, true. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. They're, Jaime, just, they're just very strong. White Jaime, Scars, I'm very jealous about the threat range. I would love yep. yeah. to advance and charge. I mean, I take Hunter, my chapter master, just so I could potentially get it. And once I get it, it's a different game. So, mm. and yeah, I, I think Jack covered it very well as well. The plus one damage... It sucks when you go into minus one damage, but not everything has minus one damage, right? Like uh, Thick City, you've got the Talos and the Kronos, whatever, but then the Kronos don't have it because they're trying to do dark Technomancers. And then the characters, like a Succubus doesn't, so you're killing characters more efficiently, there's less chances of whiffing, you kill Terminators and Marines even better. It's Although there's a lot of minus one damage, it goes a really long way because mm, there's a yeah. lot of the parts of those minus one damage builds that don't have it. And I think correct. I, mean, I, I will say that uh, Space Wolves and Blood Angels have a much better ability to manipulate combats once you're already in them. Mm -hmm. So once, you, once you've engaged, they have yeah. a much better ability to use Angel yeah. Sacrifice or Armor of Rust yeah. or things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Six inch heroics on Sangard, yeah. six inch heroics on yeah. Space Wolves in order to manipulate combat once you're there. Absolutely. But the person who controls the range controls the battle. And that's just where White Scars are at at the moment. Absolutely. If, yeah, like, if very this well year, said, gentlemen. This year, there's a fight last character that all Marines can take. If you can get him into combat reliably, it's really, really good. And defensively, he's a great character. But without a six-inch intervention, it's pretty hard. Do White Scars yeah. have access to a six-inch intervention? No. I, I don't believe so. No, not to my knowledge. Because also Marines well, have... Uh, Blood Angels way. do. Uh, Black well, Templars do. Space Wolves do. obviously yeah. do. But White yeah, Scars don't, Marines I do as well. Um, but White Scars don't. So if, if they had... As access to a six-inch heroic intervention, or if they had access to a good fight last, they would be the best player in the chapter. And I, uh, I did lie. Black and uh, our, our hands. I did lie. We do have one more. We do have Black oh. Templars to do. Yeah, um, I mentioned it partly just to... <laughs> to joke. Yeah, yeah. I, I got it. I got it. Um, now, this is a, a faction very close to my heart, and this is the newest uh, Space Marine faction to be added into the lexicon of goodness for this super faction. Um and I think this this faction is still forming. It's still like in the forming stage of its its competitive list. But I figure it's well, the best list is just built around that five plus baby five plus inborn baby transhuman, right? That's the obvious right. vow you pick and go with. I think so. I mean, Ben Sherwin said some good things to me about taking the plus three inch move uh, at the start of the game against against Grey Knights. I'm, I'm a little skeptical yes. of that because I I kind of want a buff that's going to last the whole game long mm -hmm. against them. But that's that's interesting. But yeah, I would say mostly you want to build your list around uh, yeah. the absurd damage buff that is the so, five up involved baby transhuman. But see, what annoys me about that is that that line of thinking, and as as a Black Templars player, leads me away from so many good units. 
because that means, okay, so if I'm giving a 5 plus invuln, I don't want to take things that already have an innate invuln. I want to take things that are going to get most of the maximum usage out of it. Yes. Um, and therefore, I don't want to take Vanguard Vets. I don't want to take Terminators. I don't want to take Bladeguard Veterans, three of the best things in the game. Um, and so then I end up, you know, thinking about and conceptualize just taking a bunch of bad, worse units. Um, is that a factor? Should, should people just dodge it, just double down and be like, well, baby transhuman is good enough anyway on those units? And yeah. I just end up, yeah, you think? Oh, yeah. I think maybe I think it should definitely factor into how you build the army. Although I'm sure it sounds like Jaime has a has a different opinion to me. So you know, I mean, I we, mean just about, we just talked about talk we about. just talked about uh, Death Watch being amazing because you can take five dreadnoughts and have the five up invon aura of a character mm-hmm. with a storm shield. Now you just have it as a yes. trick, like it's yeah, it's true. Right. Um, so I think that the main thing about Black Templars when they came out is that they're an archetype that historically is garbage in 40k which is slow melee mm-hmm. but they have so many unique things that they do that maybe they can make it work so and no it's so, hard so remember what we said about um you want to it's about space marines needing to make it into the middle and be scary enough that you don't want to come and, and, and fight them for it yeah they do that really well they do that they, the best i think yes um, they, they they definitely do it the best they will prop up. I, I watched Ben Sherman's game. I called it, and I've been saying it for a while. Space Marines aren't so Black Templars aren't the aren't the a fast army that engages you. They're a fast army that just gets to the important bits of the table. Um, and if you conceptualize them like that, and as a pressure army, yeah. an army that applies pressure but doesn't apply aggression, you can really start to get some interesting places conceptually. And I didn't see this when we reviewed it. Remember, me, me and Jack reviewed this. We dunked on this book because it was very it was very boring. It was very linear. And it was just just didn't do anything anything at all that was very exciting apart from relic bearers, which is on yeah. your list and therefore not in the game to get excited about. Um, interesting, so, interesting distinction there between pressure and aggression. I think that's a yes. very interesting concept. Yeah, because I think you can do one without the other. You can yeah. apply pressure by by being aggressive, but you can apply pressure by just dint of being in the important places and uh, being imposing, which I think is what they do very well. Yeah. And most of the good relic bearer options lead you down that garden path as well. Minus one damage, ignore rend one or two, all their extra mortals and all those things. Uh, but so I think that's where that lies. And I think that lies, of course, I think dread, the, the, having a five plus involved on dreads is just phenomenal you're just going to take some so i think every list is the like starts with the ubiquitous characters probably whatever chapter you like in hellbrecht and then like your choice of whatever um yeah your choice of whatever um dreadnoughts you want i think there's i think if, if the meta was different there could be a case for invictors but with all the minus one damage i just don't think any of their weapons make sense and yeah. so therefore the chassis the chassis doesn't either um, but a five plus invon on Invictus is, is actually legit in, in a lot of other worlds. Um, it, it is. You you can't take uh, master artisans, which is definitely a, a help for them. You can't be successors as uh, Black Templars. Yeah, exactly, you are already exactly a successor. Right. Exactly right. So, but yeah, I think it's very untested as an archetype, and there's mm-hmm. a lot of different ways you can go with it. I mean, so you you are very quick at getting to the center of the board. You're very quick at doing at, at getting to objectives. But as Jaime said, like a lot of time he's playing against people who have a 17 inch threat range. Yeah, and that's not good. So you need to find a way around that particular archetype. You can't just take a bunch of Terminators. You can't just take only like a bunch of Blade Guard and think that that's going to win you a game. You have to exactly right. you have to take a bunch of weird stuff, and it's an archetype that that hasn't existed before. So it's taking a yeah. while to come together. Yeah, to come together, and I think it's going to take a little bit, a little, a little bit longer too, because 
because of what's in the meta, because of, of how hard it is for Marines to go into Thick City and, and things yeah. of that ilk. Um, it, it's just going to take a while. But anyway, that's going to wrap us up, gents. That is all of them. We gave you a little bit of an archetype, a little bit of our thoughts on every single chapter as they sit right now in the meta. Hopefully a lot of those have changed in the in the three three months or so when I'm going to do one of these episodes again, uh, because of course we'll be off the back of chapter approved, and I want to get this one out before then, so that if things do really shake up, we've got a lot to talk about next time. That'd be cool. Gentlemen. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Gentlemen. We're going to go into part two. We've got a huge swathe of questions. If you oh, want to yeah. go and join that, you want to go get involved with that, Art of the theartofwar40k.com over, just Google it, find us, subscribe, get into it. It's a good time. It's a good place. You'll love it. I'd, I, I dare you not to love it. There are no money back guarantees, but if I could give you one, there would be. Um, overall, find me on the Art of War down under over on Patreon and sign up. Gentlemen, anything you'd like to plug before we wrap it up? Jaime? No, I, was, I would love to hear people's thoughts about what archetypes they're trying, just because I feel the meta is so violent for Marines to be able to explore archetypes. So if you are able to explore archetypes, let us know what you found and what you enjoy playing right now with Marines. I'll say that, Jack. What are your thoughts? Oh, I mean, this, this, the Art of War Down Under podcast is amazing. Um, <laughs> you know, just, I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's, it's great. I've never heard of it, that's for sure. Um, all right, gents, we're going to wrap this one up. Thank you very much, anybody and everybody who's been supporting me, myself, and the rest of the Art of War crew lately. You guys are phenomenal. It's only going to get bigger and better from here in the race towards LVO. Jaime, we'll be shaking hands, having a cut at LVO as well, brother. Yes, Hopefully, sir. I'll see you there. Um, and yeah, everybody else, have a great night, have a great day, wherever you may be. Enjoy some Warhammer, enjoy some community, and see you in part two. Thank you for listening to Art of War Down Under. A content review podcast for Warhammer 40K. Hosted by Adam Camilleri. Produced by Seamus Ronan. Enjoyed the show? Want your lists reviewed and the content you heard put into practice? Sign up to our Patreon and connect with us online or on Facebook. Just search for Art of War Down Under. Signing out from tomorrow.